You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. So, Sean Stevenson. I love your work, man. I've been following it for quite a while. Uh, I see that you are running in similar circles to, to myself, and I've seen you've linked arms with uh, people such as your President Clinton, uh, Sir Richard Branson, the Dalai Lama, and man, you're one of those guys that really has uh, you know, faced adversity and, and um, really turned your weaknesses into strengths. And you study the area of uh, NLP. Uh, you also coach a lot of people as well. And um, I'm just really excited to be in this conversation with you today because I know that uh, it's going to be interesting and very insightful. So um, welcome to AddictedToSuccess.com and uh, it's great to have you here. Oh, it's my pleasure. And it's just such a pleasure to have my uh, presence and energy and insights traveling around the world with your support. So thanks for having me on the program. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. So I want to start the, the podcast off with a question of what excites you? Mm. Personally or professionally? <laughs> professionally. And then you can share with us personally as well. Sure. Well, professionally, what excites me uh, is twofold. There's the uh, selfish excitement of you know getting new business or expanding into new territory or getting a ton of visibility with something that i've been working on for a long time but that's more of a selfish you know financial gain responsibility uh whereas the bigger picture which is purpose driven is seeing a message proliferate into a community you know the message that a person doesn't need to be insecure and how do you rid yourself of insecurities i mean i I put together a silly little dance party video about five years ago, and it got over 1.1 million views, and that was over a five-year period. And just recently, I came out with a second dance party, and it went over 3 million views in four days. And to see that was really exciting because it shows that people want to laugh. They want to relieve their stress. They, they want to be a little goofy and silly and not be so stuffy. And so to watch those moments, that's really what inspires me and lights me up. Personally, I, you know, I've been married for two years now. I love having wonderful moments with my wife, getting to travel, um, seeing my friends and family. I'm a real people person, so I love really good conversations. So probably uh, incredible conversation over a really good meal. It, it excites me probably more than anything. Beautiful, man. It sounds like a very well-rounded type of guy. And um, it's kind of rare nowadays, right? A lot of people are driven in one direction. Uh, it sounds like you, you know what's good for you and, and you know how to share the love. So that's great. Well, I make a lot of mistakes. So <laughs> I, I'm uh, by no means uh, clear on exactly how to do it all. But I can tell you how not to do it after making as many mistakes as I've made. Wonderful, man. Wonderful. Actually, it's funny. My uh, I'm staying with uh, one of my friends at the moment. And actually, he was on the Mighty Ducks back in the day. I don't know if you remember Gunnar okay. Stahl, the guy that was on oh, the yeah. other team. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I was telling him that I was I was going to be jumping on a call with you, and he started laughing. He's like, man, that's the guy that does that dance thing. Ask him about that dance, man. That's That dance isn't crazy. Like, why does he do it? Like, t get him to tell us, like, why he does it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what's, the, uh, what's the kind of uh, 
What's the reasoning secret? behind it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the secret behind the dance? Uh, well, I just find that it's really hard to get pissed off while you're dancing. Um, just because dancing loosens you up, it moves your body around, it shakes the rust off of your day. And if you dance three times a day, just in your chair or around the house, around your office with your iPod on, you know, you you just you can't take yourself too seriously when you're dancing. <laughs> and so I just find that if I do that three times a day, uh, and I can't say I do it religiously three times a day, but I do it as often as I can. Um, and when I do, I feel better about my life. I feel better about my day. And I don't, uh, I don't dwell on things. I just, you know, shake it off and move on. Yeah, that's the way to live life, man. That's for sure. That's for sure. So I've got a question for you, and it's going to be one word. Right, and I'm sure it's gonna come with a very insightful answer or a pretty pretty long kind of answer. So the one word is monkeys. Monkeys. Oh my goodness, that's that's a deep topic. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you what? Because because you were studying um, like monkeys, right? You're reading a book about it, right? And you're kind of really getting into it. So, what is like the most interesting thing that you are uh, you discovered on? Uh, yeah. Studying monkeys. that uh, they laugh at each other when one is getting eaten, and <laughs> and what I love about that is uh, as as disgusting as that may sound, they really aren't laughing at their comrade that's getting eaten. They're just so scared that when they finally get out of harm's way and they see that somebody else is getting eaten, they release the sound in you in a you and I call it laughter, but it's really just a, a release of tension for them. And, you know, human beings are no, no different from the standpoint of, you know, we go to the movies and we watch Jim Carrey fall down a flight of steps and we pay $20 to watch that for 90 minutes. And it's the same <laughs> mentality. Is that, at least that's not happening to me. I'm out of harm's way. Um, I need to release the tension and stress from my day and make it a sound we call laughter. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice, nice. So let's go a little bit deeper into... Um the way that we think as humans. I know that you studied a lot about the unconscious mind, which is like one of my favorite topics. Um, I had the chance to study with uh, Richard Bandler in uh, in London, who is the yeah. co-creator of, uh, yeah, of, of NLP. And um, yeah, man, I, I just love talking to people about it and, and really finding their angle and also what they find very interesting in that field. So what can you tell us about the unconscious mind and how can we really harness the power of the unconscious mind? So the unconscious mind is still a very debated topic. Some people say it's there. Some people say it's not. Some people uh, have different takes on what its purpose is. Uh, this is the way I look at it. I think that the unconscious mind is everything that we're not conscious to. And so that's everything from um, the mechanisms that run our body to how we process emotions that we're not ready to handle uh, from childhood or from traumas. Uh, the unconscious mind processes all the marketing that has been uh, thrown at us through all the different means of media that we've been taking in from Facebook to YouTube to the television to newspapers. And so the unconscious mind is, is basically like the personal assistant that's running in the, in the background, the behind the scenes, and if you continue to surround yourself with messages that are negative or um, de demeaning or uh, dark, you will bubble up thoughts from that stew. You, you can't not uh, deal with 
the unconscious mind. It's always there. And so when people have self-sabotage issues, it's about changing your environment immediately and putting yourself in positions where you're exposed to things that you want um, landing in the unconscious mind over a period of time. So I absolutely love studying NLP and hypnosis. You know, my doctorate's in clinical hypnosis. I'm a trainer of NLP. And the more I study it, the more I feel like I don't know that much about it because it's just such a powerful um, science of, of behavior, if you will. And I don't ever claim to uh, feel like I've got it perfectly handled. I can definitely use more NLP and hypnosis in my business as well in my personal life. But it's phenomenal to watch the unconscious mind uh, work and interact in our lives. I saw a, uh, a young girl once who had cuts all up and down her arms. And she said, Sean, why do I do this to myself? And I said, I have no clue. I was young at the time when I met her. I was in my early 20s. Now I'm 35. So this is quite some time ago. And I said, I don't know, sweetie, but I'm going to go find out. And I went and studied lots of forms of psychology and NLP and hypnosis gave me the, the best map for understanding our destructive behavior. See, this young girl was numb. She hated her life. She felt sick to her stomach in her condition that she was dealing with. And so the way that she got a, a experience of feeling something was through pain. And so we had to, uh, I had to understand how to interrupt that pattern and replace it with a new pattern from, you know, from a self-mutilation to actually um, a positive reinforcement. So that is a long answer to a question that I love talking about, which is how did the conscious and the unconscious mind interact with each other? Yeah, that's right. And it's interesting because... Isn't it something like our un unconscious mind takes in something like 70% and our conscious only takes in, you know, whatever's left? Yeah, I think the numbers that I've heard is um, the conscious mind can handle five to seven chunks of information. So that means, you know, you can have a grouping of information. So maybe all the colors in the room and all the lights and the shading, and, and that's a chunk of information of what you're seeing. And then we feel the temperature and the clothes on our body, and that's a chunk and then we hear the sounds that are very consciously loud and, and predominant, and that's a chunk. And so you get about five to seven chunks, and then after that, you are completely incapable of continuing to process the data. And all of that then goes into the unconscious mind. And, you know, I've, I've heard different estimates of how much the unconscious mind processes, but I don't think anyone really truly knows that, that exact number because I think the unconscious mind, it, it can be so much more powerful in different individuals than in other individuals. I don't think it's a set number per se. Yeah, okay. I've heard this from a lot of different people as well in the way of like negative self-talk, that something like 70 to 80% of our thoughts are negative. What would your techniques be to be able to remove more of those negative thoughts or at least kind of put them at bay so we're not affected so much by them? Yeah, so I used to uh, have a different opinion on this answer. My old opinion would have been, you need to interrupt the pattern, like I was talking about before, mm -hmm. and do affirmations. You need to review your your affirmations. You need, and and it was very tactile, um, very very procedural. Um, and now I've changed my opinion. I think that it's better to go to the root 
as opposed to trying to, to correct the symptom. And so the root is you're not taking good care of yourself. And so I found that by doing what I call the When Life Works list, it's a series of about 10 to 16 different things that on average, if you did a quarter of them a day, you would be taking great care of yourself. And it can be everything from taking good care of your hydration and nutrition to exercise, to meditating, to prayer, if that's what you connect with, to um, studying uh, personal growth materials, spending time with mentors, spending time with people that inspire you and that you feel loved and connected to. And so there's this list of things that we can physically do in our day that actually creates great self-care. And when we do self-care, we don't have internal insecurities gnawing at us. The problem is when we ignore and neglect our self-care, our insecurities end up running rampant. Yeah. Yeah, you've got it. That's right. And you know, you're probably you are the one of the best people to ask this question because I could ask anybody this question and you're not the average kind of guy. You're like three foot tall. Uh, you're in a wheelchair. You've kind of had a like a, in a way a hard knock life in the way that you you have you had some what they call limitations, but you broke through a lot of them and you didn't accept it, right? So how would you turn your disadvantages into advantages? Well, I think it goes beyond that, which is, are they even disadvantages? So what I mean by that is. Uh, most people would look at what I have to deal with and they would label it as a disadvantage. I get where you're coming from. But what fundamentally separates me from most people is I never um, associate with that as a disadvantage. I have for years been looking at all the advantages to my condition. For instance, when you meet me, Joel, you immediately... Uh, will remember me for probably the rest of your life. If you just get to even see a picture of me or a video of me, you're probably going to remember that for the rest of your life. That is an advantage in marketing. That's an advantage in business. That's an advantage in dating because people can't forget you. Now, is that a disadvantage that I worked around? No, I think it was already an advantage. But the problem is our society as a whole looks at me and says, oh, well, he has all these challenges, so he's got to rework it in his mind, and he's got to convince himself that they're advantages. Bullshit. I think that it's based on how you start with the raw clay. You know, some people just see the hunk of clay and go, that's a bunch of garbage. And other people go, oh, no, that's that's going to be a work of art. Just give me some time to have fun shaping it and molding it. And so I look at my own life that way. You know, I have been blessed with lots of different gifts. For instance, not only are you going to remember me for the rest of your life by looking at me and meeting me, but I can get away with saying things to you that other people can't. What do I mean by that? Well, when I challenge you on your excuses, it's going to be harder for you to spit back, easy for you to say, right? <laughs> yes. And so that gives me emotional leverage over you in terms of helping you be influenced to transformation. That's another advantage. There are many advantages that I believe were innately built into my container. The problem is most people compare somebody like myself to somebody who's, quote, able-bodied, and they say, oh, that able-bodied person has it so much better. Yes and no. I feel like I have far less days of depression than most people without disabilities have. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, that's great. And you've really um, stood apart from the pack. I mean, it, it's something that a lot of people wouldn't expect. But the thing is, 
if you're delivering the quality and the value and you have a great message and a great story, which you do, then people see that for what it is and they know that um, at the end of the day, it's that's what it's all about. It's not about your appearance. It's not about your height. It's not about how much money you have. It's it's really what you bring to the table. So it, it sounds like, you know, you've been stepping up quite a lot throughout your life, man, and it, and it really shows. So, you know, huge congratulations on that. Thank you. You know, and, and when people come to me, I I get a lot of people that say, you know, Sean, uh, they'll, they'll be talking about love and attraction. They'll say, you know, I have this physical condition or I am super short or I'm overweight or I'm bald or whatever. And they'll say that's that's working against me for finding love. And I'll say, don't you get it when <laughs> your appearance is only a part of the equation? Uh, it gets people's attention or it. Um, it may cause them to look at you, but your energy and your attitude is what keeps them around. And so this is why when you meet beautiful people that have bad energy, they become ugly. And this is why when you meet people that don't look like the typical, quote, stereotypical attractive person, but they have phenomenal energy and they're giggly and they're fun and they're enthusiastic and they're positive. All of a sudden you're like, wow, there's something really attractive about this person because attractiveness is an energy. It's not a structure or a symmetrical look about them. And so it goes beyond dating and attraction. It goes into life. You know, when you meet somebody in business Whatever the scenario is, it's the energy that they're bringing to the table, not their credibility of years of success. Because if they're multimillionaires, but they're assholes, you're not going to want to do business with them. But if they're even getting started and they're phenomenal to work with, you're willing to look past the fact that they're starting out and you're willing to do business with them because you really like how you feel when you're around them. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny, like you say that, like, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I kind of feel like people are getting more and more into worrying about or focusing on the minor things in life. And the ones that aren't that are focusing on more of the major things like impact and, um, you know, helping others, uh, reaching success and so on and so on. They're the ones that are, are moving forward. So like, and this is the thing, like, there's a lot of teenagers in that nowadays that are, they don't even know what's happening to them. But when they're on Facebook, and they're putting up constant pictures and everything they're, they're starting to focus on being significant whether yeah. they know it or not and um sure. yeah it, it's creating this huge insecurity within you know the the system within society and like you must have a lot of people come to you with a lot of insecurity issues nowadays is that true yeah they come to me both um both willingly and uh what's the other term i want to use and in a very dark way, uh, attacking me. So it's this. It's sometimes they come peacefully, and sometimes they come with a vengeance. And you know, when the people come with a vengeance, I find that fascinating because some people will write me or they'll they'll write Mindy, who's my wife, and they'll they'll say something like, "Well, who would marry a little guy in a wheelchair? You know, he must have a bunch of money." And and they have this attitude of like. There's no way somebody would fall in love with a little guy in a wheelchair. Now, the reason why I bring this up to you is in this point that we've become a very shallow society in some ways because people just think it's all about the shell. And, of course, Mindy always responds the same way, which is, don't you get it? You know, the appearance is only one of many attributes 
that we need to look at when we're interacting with people, either romantically or in business. And if somebody comes with that one dimension of, oh, it's, it's about what you look like or it's how you dress or what car you drive, based on the fact that they see on Facebook everybody's highlight reel, <laughs> they, they end up becoming really one-dimensional, cold, uh, insecure, and, and jaded and scared. And so what I, I try to do and Mindy tries to do in her career is really melt the ice and tell people, look, I get whether they come peacefully or vengeful, uh, like I was mentioning, we try to melt the ice by saying, you know, life is difficult. Let's not try to make it more difficult by breaking rapport with people that can help you. So right off the bat, we have to let these people know that if you want to get your life to be better, you got to be surrounded by good people and you have to treat them well. So we start with that, that. Then the next thing we go is we go into a deeper level of you can only see people through the lens of how you see yourself. And so now we have to talk about how do you see yourself? And we start talking about, you know, appearance. We start talking about talent. We start talking about, you know, how have you, how do you talk to yourself as you, as you mentioned earlier with self dialogue. And I think most people, if they talk to their friends the way they talk to themselves, they wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. It's so true. We are so, it's funny, like humans are so self-destructive, right? That we're, we're at the end of the day, we're holding ourselves back. Well, I think we're afraid and we're afraid for a couple of reasons. One, we're afraid to fail because that is in our DNA. See, it's only been, I don't know, the last few thousand years that success through climbing the ladder of wealth and, and physical you know, uh, accumulation of stuff has really mattered. We have hundreds of thousands of years of the brain that has been developed for survival. And so when you would not you know, be accepted by the tribe, you would die. And so, or if you were faced with danger, you could die. And so we have brains that are actually linked up for fight and flight. And when that kicks on in this modern day and age, we think we're running from a saber-toothed tiger when really we just feel like we're not making as much money as our neighbor. And they're two totally different things. But the brain has a long way to catch up to where we actually are with technology and our own evolution of education and communication devices and how you know society can interact. But our brains are not fully equipped yet to understand that. I think, you know, it's it's such a shame that I can't live forever to watch the evolution mm -hmm. of, of the human mind and how we all interact. Because I actually think as time goes on, human beings will become more and more peaceful. Even though people say, wow, look at this terrorism and what about this and what about that? Yeah, but look at how far we've come from barbaric days. I mean, yes, that still exists on the planet, but there's quite a few people who listen to podcasts, who want to make their life better, who want to do good for each other, but they're not really reported on in the news. Nobody goes on the 9 o'clock news and says, today Joel interviewed Sean Stevenson about success and love and happiness. No, they talk about what went wrong that day, what went disaster, what disaster took place, what car you know carnage uh, transpired. And so that's what we're programmed to think is all that's happening on this planet. Yeah. And it's almost like people are hard conditioned that they get a good feeling when they feel that they're not the ones that the bad news is happening to. And it's like, it's sad, man. It's very much about, um, where we're at right now in our society. And I'm not too concerned because 
I think that there's also an equal balance. If we look at it out there, there are amazing people like yourself, Joel, who really just want to get people the best information to succeed. And I come across far more of those people than the jerks and the selfish people. I really do believe that the human race is evolving. It may not be evolving as fast as we would like, but I see goodness on this planet, and I'm here to continue to talk about that. Oh, man, heart of gold. Good on you, man. Good on you. So let's go into uh, another field that you're opening up in and you're doing very well in as well, which is actually uh, public speaking. So there's news out there that you're helping others to become better public speakers. Can you kind of fill us in on this? Sure. So I've been a speaker for about 21 years, which is wild considering I'm only 35 years old. So most of my life, I have been on stage presenting and I've been very blessed, Joel, to have a wonderful career. And I say this as humbly as possible, even though I, in the end, whenever we're talking about ourselves, <laughs> it's always going to sound like a little narcissistic or arrogant. I don't mean it to be. But I've really had a wonderful career. I've shared the stage with the Dalai Lama and U.S. presidents. And, you know, I've been flown top-notch, luxurious uh, accommodations around the world to present and and, you know, make upwards of $30,000 for just one hour of my time speaking. So I've really honed my craft of both the business side and the platform skill side. And now I'm at the point where I, I want to make more world leaders. And it's not really that I'm making more world leaders. I'm teaching people how to re, um, reveal their own gifts so that they can really be their own world leader. I don't think world leaders are always about conquering nations and having armies. I think a world leader can also be just somebody who solves problems for the human race. And so everybody has a story. Everybody has an expertise or a skill, something that they have solved in their life that could be shared with the world. And so I want to help people find what that is and then be able to package it and sell it and make it worth their time. So anybody who is a coach already speaking, who's an author, who's a business owner, who really wants to package their expertise and be able to present it publicly, I'm here to help them understand how to do that and make good money. So I've uh, assembled my mentors all in one place for an event in mid-November here where I um, do business in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we have a two-and-a-half-day live event where we're going to be uh, bringing in the best experts on business and marketing and branding, networking, uh, platform skills on how to put together your content, deliver your content so that you're getting tons of standing ovations and getting repeat bookings. And it's my new venture because I'm at the point now where I've been I've been traveling for 21 years. I'm ready to... Um, to settle in now that I'm married and be able to have people come to me to learn from me about how to do what I've been doing for 21 years. You know, they say when you're younger, you're a prince or a princess and you go to travel the lands. And then as you get older, you hopefully become a king or a queen. And then that way the lands come to learn from you. And that's where I'm at in my life is I'm ready for people to come to me to learn how they can travel the world and make really good money. Wow, that's amazing, man. You're leaving behind a, a massive legacy there. So congratulations on uh, on that. Who who can we expect to see at the, uh, the event? Like who have you got lined up? So I'll go through the lineup right now with you. Um, do you care if I give people the website where they can see? Yeah, let's um, if you've got like a link or something, I can put that up as well along with the podcast. That'd be okay. Great. Yeah, so if they just go to seanstevenson.com forward slash ten k, 
So the number 10 and then the letter K is in kangaroo. They can uh, uh, they can go and they can read all about the, the event when it's going to be November 13th to the 16th in November. And the speakers are Jay Abraham, who is probably one of the most influential marketers and branding experts of our time. Uh, he's going to be speaking to us. I'm going to be interviewing him. Uh, one of my closest, dearest friends, Joe Polish, who is probably one of the most well-connected people on the planet when it comes to networking and marketing. We have Dean Graziosi. He's going to be talking about how to package your mess- message into a best-selling book and successfully bring it onto television. He's been running successful um television programs for a couple decades now. We've got Larry Wingett, who is one of the most highly decorated speakers. He's in the Hall of Fame of Speaking, and he's going to be talking about how do you get corporate gigs. My wife, Mindy Kniss, is going to be presenting about how do you emotionally move an audience with your presence. we got Seku Andrews, who's one of the top spoken word poets on the planet. He's going to be talking about how to deliver a commanding uh, message with your voice. And then we're bringing in one of my close buddies, Kyle Cease, who had one of the top rated uh, comedy shows on Comedy Central here in the U.S. And he's going to be talking about how to make your audience laugh so hard that you continue to get booked no matter what conference or company you're presenting to because people love to laugh. And of course, I'm going to be the master of ceremonies and I'm going to be teaching the most about all the secrets to my treasure chest that I've been uh accumulating for the last 21 years nice man nice awesome so you were speaking before about how you want to be able to um let's say bring the best out of people or even people to be able to deliver at their best so how can people become more of their better selves well they need to start with forgiveness self-forgiveness for not doing everything they wanted to do They need to forgive themselves for not being where they want to be, having what they want to have. You know, it's really hard to move forward if you're uh, chastising yourself for not being where you want to be in your life. So you have to start by cleaning cleaning yourself out and uh, zeroing out the counter in your mind of where you should, where you think you should be in your life right now. So once you self forgive, then the next step is what I call the GPS. Um, You got to set your goal. You got to know what do you want. Then you got to have the purpose, which is the most important part, which is the why. Why do you want it? What's the real driving uh, intention behind it? And then lastly, the easiest part is the strategy. How are you going to go get it? And the best way to get that is modeling. That's why I teach in this live event for speakers and, and everything that I do is it's all about modeling. Look at who's really good at what they do and model their strategy. It's the fastest way to avoid the bumps and the bruises that they had to go through so that you can get where you want to be in your life. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. What would uh, be your number one line of advice for entrepreneurs that are looking at stepping into the business world? Uh, Study, master, (laughs) implement, course correct as much as possible around the topic of marketing. You know, marketing is something that it's misunderstood. People confuse it with sales, advertising, so let's just set the record straight. Uh, Sales is the oxygen for a business. You need sales, you need cash flow, you need money coming in, profits, you need to be closing deals, making sales in your products and services. 
but that's the oxygen. So if that's the oxygen, what does that make marketing? It makes marketing the lungs. And you need to take deep breaths. You need to be breathing constantly so you can let the oxygen in. And that's why I have really put a lot of emphasis on understanding marketing for these past few years. Because I've been speaking for 21 years, but I made so many mistakes in the first 10 to 17 years of that speaking. It wasn't but for the last three to five years that I really figured it out and exploded. And it was because I surrounded myself with the right mentors and I totally dug in to understanding marketing. And marketing is anytime that you start telling a story or influencing people to get emotionally connected to your product or service so that then you can enter into a sales conversation where you can offer it to them for a price. And then now it's up to the customer, the prospect to decide if they're going to be a customer. And if you have lots of channels that you're marketing from social media to networking, advertising is a form of marketing. And there's all these different ways. I have about 20 ways that I market in my business to get the business that I have. And I'm always looking for another way to improve my marketing. So I would tell a, uh, a startup entrepreneur that you need more than a business plan, a marketing plan. And you need to be fearless and you need to be creative and you need to be able to do things that totally could flop and not care because something is eventually going to catch and people are going to look at you and go, wow, you're a genius. But they're not going to see all the mistakes that you made because people think that I'm some kind of overnight success. They say, oh, Sean, what, what made you explode? And I'm like, uh, 21 years of making mistakes? There's not one thing that I did to explode. It was many things that I did that all were interconnected to get me where I'm at today. I love that answer, man. I love it. I love it. And I love the analogy about the, uh, you know, marketing is the lungs. It's, it's 100% true. That's, that's great. I mean, you can have the best message in the world, but if you can't market yourself, you ain't going to make it. Yeah. That's right. Awesome, Sean. So um, I just want to wrap it up with uh, one last question. And that question is, what is your definition of success? Well, I've got two. Um, and one's my older definition and then one's my most recent, uh, newest version. So my oldest one is success is anytime you have a, uh, a dream and you create a plan and then you take action, no matter whether it transpires or not. Your success when you set a dream and then you take action on it and you're doing something. I think that a person is success if they're creating something that then the second part of that is that they actually feel fulfilled by. Because I used to think it was all about achievement and accomplishments, but really it's not because you could have a lot of accomplishments under your belt and still be miserable. And that's not successful to me. Uh, success to me is you have a dream, you have a plan, you're taking action on it and it's fulfilling. And if it's fulfilling to you, it doesn't matter if you make millions of dollars. It doesn't matter if you become super mega famous. It doesn't matter what happens because if you're being fulfilled, that's the success. The problem is if what you're doing works, but you're not fulfilled, that's a failure to me. So it has to be a dream, a plan, action, and it has to be fulfilling. Yeah, great. Great answer. Thank you so much, Sean. And what about your book? I just wanted you to kind of lead us in the way of how we can purchase your book and also just a quick rundown of what it's about. Yeah. So my book is called Get Off Your Butt, spelled B-U-T. <laughs> and that's like our excuses 
Oh, I would love to exercise, but I don't have the time. I would love to go to your seminar, but dot, dot, dot. You know, people have a what I call the butt fears, the butt excuses, and the butt insecurities. And in my book, I break down how do you get off your butt and go after what you truly want in your life. And I'm really proud of that book because it's been out for five years, and now it's coming out in its 10th language around the world. And it continues to sell even though I haven't put a marketing push on it for years because the message is universal. It'll long outlive my life, and I do believe people will be talking about it in in years to come because we all deal with self-sabotage. We all deal with fears, excuses, and insecurities. And even myself, who wrote the book, has to implement the strategies, or he himself, uh, hate to speak in third person, still deals with the consequences like anybody else. Wonderful, Sean. Wonderful. So thanks a million for uh, joining us today on the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast. And uh, much success to you as well. And uh, anybody that's listening right now, you know, check out SeanStevenson.com. And if you're heading out to Arizona or you're hop, skip, and jump away from Arizona, or even if you're ready to book a flight, head out to his event because the lineup is absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, Sean, thank you so much for joining us, man. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, being a part of your community. I'm a big, big believer that if we're going to get addicted to success, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen in the little day-to-day activities that we take over and over and over until we condition ourselves to get exactly where we want to be. Man, you got it. All right, keep inspiring the world and enjoy the rest of your week.